Till the tears run down from my eyes Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody Can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Brain Builders Podcast. I am your host, Dr. John DeWitt. And today we're going to dive back into more of Dave Asprey's work and his book, Headstrong, the Bulletproof Plan to Activate Untapped Brain Energy to Work Smarter and Think Faster in Just Two Weeks. Today we're going to talk about optimizing your energy factories for new levels of oomph. So we were talking about the different parts of the brain last time, the reptilian brain, the Labrador retriever brain, and now we're going to finish up with the third part, Uh, You're probably familiar with the concept of fight or flight, which is our physiological response to a perceived threat. The ability to go into fight or flight mode was incredibly important when humans evolved as lions and tigers were chasing us on a regular basis. Back then, it would have been detrimental for us to stay focused on any single task when a pride of lions was lurking nearby. Our fight or flight response kept us a little bit distracted all the time so that we could constantly (coughs) scan the environment around us for threats. When our brains perceived a threat, they would divert all of our energies into the systems necessary to either kill a lion or at least run away from it faster than the slowest member of the tribe. This is our autonomic nervous system, by the way. That's the parasympathetic, which helps keep you alive um, and regenerate new tissue, and the sympathetic, which is the fight or flight that he's referring to that keeps you alive during stress. So the problem is not only that lions don't pose much of a threat anymore, but also that our bodies can't distinguish between real and perceived threats. They react the same way to any stimulus, from a lion to a bump in the night to an email alert possibly delivering some bad news. And given our 24-7 lifestyles, we're now bombarded day and night with all kinds of stimuli, some completely harmless, that our biology compels us to respond to in the same way. This constant state of monitoring monitoring for danger and then overreacting to minor threats keeps the body in a constant state of emergency, sapping our energy and therefore our focus. A decrease in energy available to the brain triggers a brain emergency. After all, from the brain's perspective, if there's not enough fuel for the Labrador brain, then a tiger might eat you. So when energy in the brain dips, emergency stress hormones are released, such as cortisol and adrenaline, to steal energy from elsewhere in the body, and they make you feel like you want to either run away or kill something. <clears throat> you get distracted, yell at the people around you, forget what you were right in the middle of doing, and then give in to major sugar cravings, all things you'll be ashamed of after you have a snack. And when you resist the Labrador's urges, you're using the third and final part of the brain, your human brain. This part of the brain, which is the prefrontal cortex, contains the most mitochondria, which is why all this resistance uses up massive amounts of energy. Every time you resist an urge, you are making a decision. Scientists have proven that there are a limited number of decisions you can make each day before you reach decision fatigue. Each decision requires energy, and when you're tired, hungry, or have already made a lot of decisions, you run out of energy and start making bad choices. Being able to make good decisions is therefore a pretty good measure of brain performance. 
When you have enough brain energy, you'll be able to make better decisions for longer, and you'll be a lot less emotionally reactive when you don't want to be. Nothing will improve your life more dramatically than that. A good portion of this book will show you how to turn down the Labrador brain so you can use your human brain to greater effect. Using the techniques Dave Asprey has outlined, you will learn how to make your cells more efficient at both creating and using energy. Even if you think your brain is already working pretty well, it will function a lot better when it becomes more energy efficient. Stable brain energy helps turn off your Labrador brain because it stops sensing energy emergencies. The overall goal is to grow a stronger and more resilient brain. This is a four-step process. Step number one, stop doing the stuff that makes you weak. Sure, this sounds obvious, but the problem is that most of us don't know exactly what we're doing to slow down our brains. Brain kryptonite is everywhere around us, from our breakfast to our bedside reading lamp. Overcoming the burden created by this brain kryptonite requires a tremendous amount of energy that your brain can't afford to lose. Identifying your personal kryptonite and removing it from your life will free up your brain's energy reserves for more important things. Step number two, add more energy. Your mitochondria need oxygen to make energy, and they also need either glucose or fat or sometimes amino acids. This does not mean that the more carbs you eat, the more energy your mitochondria will produce. Actually, the opposite is true. Your mitochondria perform best when they can alternate between fuel sources like a hybrid car. Through strategic dietary changes and supplementation, you can ensure that your mitochondria have the energy sources they need. Sorry to break it to you, but you're going to have to eat more creamy, delicious, satisfying fat. Step number three, increase the efficiency of energy production and delivery. Your mitochondria may not be producing energy as efficiently as they should be due to nutrient and antioxidant deficiencies or as a result of damage from various toxins, stress, or even lack of sleep. Specific things you can do to grow more mitochondria and make the ones you already have function better. Removing the toxins and brain kryptonite from your environment in step one will certainly help, and so will specific supplementation and changes to your diet and lifestyle. Step number four, strengthen your mitochondria. Mitochondria are typically referred to as the powerhouses of the cell. And if you want to maximize your performance, you want your powerhouse to make as much energy as possible. No one likes a weak powerhouse. One of the most effective ways to do this is actually by stressing the mitochondria exactly the right amount. In the same way that lifting weight stresses and then strengthens a muscle, specific techniques place the right amount of strain on your mitochondria to kill off the ones that are past the point of no return and stimulate the remaining ones to grow stronger. We're even going to share a few tricks that can help you grow more mitochondria than you have today. So now we're going to cover the five brain weaknesses. Let's see how many of these we can get through today. Which of the steps above do you need to supercharge your brain? Well, the answer is probably all of them, but you may need to focus more on one or two areas based on your particular issues. In my work with clients and my own experience of hacking my admittedly weak mitochondria, I've identified five main brain weaknesses that manifest in slightly different symptoms depending on the individual. And remember, this is Dave Asprey going through his book. Uh, the one thing all of these symptoms have in common is that they are tied to mitochondrial function. You may have one or two or all of these weaknesses. Sometimes it's hard to tell, but it's important to know where you're starting from in order to get the most out of this program. Before he hacked his brain, he certainly suffered from all of these. The good news is he doesn't anymore. That means you aren't stuck with the brain you have right now either. 
Maybe you're tired all the time. You still manage to get a lot done, but it requires an exhausting amount of effort just to keep it up. But this is probably feeling normal to you, and you think it's that hard for other people too. Or maybe you sense that things could be better, but you're not sure how bad it really is. What are the signs that your brain isn't functioning as well as it could? The descriptions below will help you pinpoint the brain weaknesses that are impacting your performance the most. Identifying these weaknesses will allow you to understand exactly which areas of the program you'll need to focus on the most in order to become headstrong. Brain weakness number one, forgetfulness. Do you pause or say um a lot when, you talk, when you're talking because you can't think of the right words? You open the fridge and then stare inside wondering why you opened it in the first place, only to notice your car keys are in there. Or maybe you struggle with long-term memory. You have a hard time placing people, recalling specifics about when or where something happened, or even remembering significant moments from your past. Both short and long-term memory loss stem from the same causes, not getting the right nutrition, chronic low-grade bacterial or fungal problems, inadequate neurotransmitters, which are the chemical messengers in your body, and, of course, impaired mitochondrial function. In this case, poor mitochondrial function can contribute to lower heart efficiency, which leads to low blood pressure or insufficient delivery of oxygen, fuel, and nutrients to the brain. Remember, your mitochondria need oxygen and food in order to produce energy. Ironically, this means that the worse your mitochondria are functioning, the less oxygen and food they'll receive. As a result, your mitochondria won't be able to produce enough energy to meet the brain's demands, creating brownouts in the brain, and your brain performance will suffer accordingly. This vicious cycle will go on and on until it begins to wreck your performance. You'll experience this in small ways at first, like trying to think of a word but being un unable to remember it. The effect is cumulative. You used to have dozens of brownouts a day, but once you fix your circulation and your blood pressure, your brain's energy production will improve. Your brain will get enough oxygen, your mitochondria will be able to make more energy, and you will be able to remember things much more easily. He, has, he doesn't have brownouts anymore. So even when your mitochondria problem is fixed, you'll still need healthy neurons or nerve cells to transmit messages in the brain quickly and efficiently. Brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF, is a protein that supports the survival of existing neurons in the central nervous system and encourages the growth of new neurons and connections between them. Increasing BDNF through exercise, diet, and strategic supplementation will improve your learning, memory, and higher thinking. Once you make those new neurons, you need the necessary building blocks to create myelin, the insulation around neurons that helps them send messages faster. Nerves without this insulation require much more biological energy than those with it. This is where nutrition comes into play. Your diet is a key factor when it comes to brain function. If you were building a high-end house, you would use quality materials, and your brain requires specific nutrient-dense foods to create the highest functioning connections in your brain. So, is forgetfulness a problem for you? Ask yourself if any of the following symptoms feels familiar. Forgetting important dates or events on a regular basis. Asking the same questions over and over. Relying on memory aids more than you used to, like checklists, electronic reminders, etc. Difficulty keeping track of monthly bills. Pausing while speaking to think of the right word. Problems remembering names. Trouble trapping trouble keeping track of regularly used items such as your phone, keys, etc. Losing your train of thought often. Forgetting what you're doing in real time, leaving a pot burning on the stove, picking up the phone and forgetting who you're going to call, and so on. If this sounds like you, pay extra attention to the chapters ahead 
that focus on mitochondrial function, oxygen delivery systems, myelination, neurogenesis, and nutrition. I think we're going to be able to make it through brain weakness number two, and that is cravings. When he talks about cravings, he's not referring to the emotional cravings that stem from loneliness, boredom, or stress. He's talking about a physiological urge that comes from your Labrador brain. These biological cravings are a sign that your brain needs energy. Your mitochondria use oxygen to burn fat, glucose, sugar, or amino acids to make energy. If you eat too much sugar, your mitochondria will no longer easily produce energy from fat. They'll start producing all of your energy from glucose. This means that instead of your brain using fat as its fuel, the fat gets stored in your fat cells, and you'll start to gain weight. Meanwhile, your brain will burn through glucose quickly so you get a blood sugar crash, which your inner Labrador interprets as an emergency, signaling the alarm for sugar and sugar now. This is a craving in the making. When he was fat, he was gaining weight and starving at the same time. The calories went into his mouth and straight to his fat cells instead of being used to make energy. He thought he was weak-willed, but he had fallen into a fat trap. Without adequate levels of energy being released from his fat cells, his mitochondria cannot make enough energy, and his inner Labrador started begging him to eat more of everything. He also didn't realize that toxins were a major cause of his food cravings. The kidneys and liver are your body's natural detox pathways. Anytime you consume something that's toxic or to which your body is allergic, these organs send out an alarm asking for extra sugar to oxidize or metabolize, in other words, to neutralize and or eliminate the offending substance and compete with the brain for glucose. This detox process leads to low blood sugar levels and results in cravings. The same thing goes for any form of brain kryptonite. Very often, we sap our brain's energy without even realizing it. If you spend a lot of time in a noisy environment or one with bad lighting, your brain has to use a lot more energy to filter out all the distractions. Remember, you can't store energy for more than a few seconds, so your brain needs a steady stream of glucose or fat to make it. The de- when the demand goes up, your inner Labrador sends a signal, I need sugar now. Have you ever taken your kid to a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese's or gone to an amusement park and found yourself exhausted afterward and craving ice cream? That's because your brain had to work extra hard to filter out all of the stale air, background noise, and flashing lights, not to mention the toxic pizza and snack foods if you dared to eat any. Your mitochondria probably aren't making energy as efficiently as possible, and thus they couldn't keep up with your brain's increased demand. So the Labrador panicked. The more mitochondria you have and the more efficiently they function, the fewer cravings you'll experience. It's also essential to consume enough fat and the right kind of fat so that the brain has multiple energy pathways and is not overly reliant on sugar. So we're going to go over what some of the food cravings are next time. And I also want to say thank you for listening, and we are still accepting new registrants. Well, we're adding people to the wait list for my next uh, Brain Builders Masterclass online. You can join the wait list. Uh, the link is in the description of the podcast, or you can go to bit.ly slash waitlistbb, and that will put you on the email list, and we'll notify you once the registration opens for our next Masterclass. We're having a great time time in there and helping a lot of people learn about brain health. So I hope you found this an informational, educational, and entertaining podcast today, and we will talk to you next time. Have a great day. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. 
Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device, and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply.